ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey Canada, this is Michael J. Flores. I am joined by Pro Tour Hall of Famer and Pro Tour Champion, Steve Mashowitz. Hello everyone. So, uh, BDM is out of town, but uh, he roped V into doing a podcast with me, even though he was out of town. So, you know, not as much of an upgrade as when I'm not on the podcast, but still somewhat of an upgrade. We thought we would start with uh, doing a set review for M20 for white, and then, you know, kind of see where we go from there. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see how that starts. There should be plenty of meat in yeah. M20. I'm not worried. All right. Um, let's just start start at the top. Is Donning Angel the first card? Donning Angel is the first card. It's interesting that there's no A, B, or Cs in, a, in white, but yeah, it, it, it happens every now and then. There aren't that many cards in a color anymore. Like, Yoked Ox is on the page, right? So it's not necessarily oh, wow. that weird. Pray. Like, is this... Maybe it's not spoiled by... Oh, maybe we're on the wrong page. Hang on, oh. let me, let me just, uh, uh, sorry. I just assumed that Google was better than it was, I guess. Oh, well. No, 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 here we are. Johnny oh, Gold. Oh, there we go. Much oh, better, much go. better set. Yeah, right. Yoke Talks in 9th. No, wait, that, is, is that is 2011? That's 2011. What the hell? That is, okay, so that's... that's um, okay, Google is being terrible. Why don't we just pause? All right, we've managed to locate back. it. <laughs> we have a downgrade on the first card. We thought it was a Johnny, and now it's uh, Aerial Assault. Okay, well, often... Aerial Assault is a sorcery. <laughs> it's a two and a white. Destroy target tapped creature... You gain one life for each creature you control with flying. Oh, that's so cute! Is it? I think it's... That rider? Yeah. You gain one life for every creature you control with flying on your destroy a tapped creature for three mana? I mean, come on, that's kind of cute. I mean, how many creatures do you have to have with flying to accept the, you know, the face shot for five or whatever? <laughs> None! This is limited! Oh, well, sure. <laughs> okay. I mean... Oh, no, no. No constructed... Decks were harmed in the printing of this card, I would hope. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I was curious about when some randomly horrible three casting cost uh, removal spell gets played. Like, the one that's like uh, B2 for like minus five, minus five in exile gets played. I mean... But it kills things. Dead. This this kills things kind of. It kills things half dead. Yeah. And once they're tapped and maybe you get a little life. Yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah, we're, we're in agreement on this Yeah, one. we're in full agreement. Okay. Ajani, Strength of the Pride, 2WW for a legendary Planeswalker Ajani. Five starting loyalty. This is the first Ajani with no ultimate. It has an ultimate, it's just weird. It's not, it's not like a zero. Right? Yeah, so, but if you read it, it's an ultimate. So plus one, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control. Plus the number of Planeswalkers you control. So this is like a, you could gain at least one life and one loyalty, right? Plus one, trigger all your life gain abilities. Um, but then minus two is sweet, right? Minus so, two get a Johnny's Pride Bane. Yeah. So that's a, a, a card that's actually in the set, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's in War of the Spark. Oh, okay. And then zero, if you have at least 15 life uh, more than your starting life total, exile a Johnny's Strength of the Pride and each artifact and creature your opponent's control. So it's like a, a one-sided Plague Wind kind of thing. It's a one-sided Wrath with gets, incidentally gets the artifacts. If you've managed to gain a bajillion life, which I've seen is, is, is less than a bajillion. It's very similar. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're already winning if you're at 35 plus life in a lot of matches, right? You're already winning in many of those matches. I mean, there are going to be a different number of matches where you have some sort of weird life gain engine that doesn't actually end the game, and then they've got a bunch of stuff that you can't attack through, and you're going to blow them out. It's not nothing. You think this is like way more of like maybe a conditional card? Like this isn't like a... Like slam dunk card. It's a four casting cost five loyalty planeswalker that makes a Johnny's Pride Mates. I feel like that that's where most of the value is. Oh, this is minus twoing most of the time on its first activation. It's minus twice, right? <laughs> then, then we'll talk about what happens. No, next. no, no. It, it, the first plus one pumps the Johnny's Pride Mate you already have. It might help trigger your angel. All right. Like, I mean, I see this as built for the white angel life the, the white life gain deck this deck wants that pride mate pretty bad this deck wants the life gain triggers pretty bad so if you're like a johnny's pride mate and then you have like the three casting house angels that make sarah angels that, that those go together yeah yeah right with a bunch of life gain cards like i think there was an article on star, uh, star city today about a white black version of this deck yeah like they have the lands now that come into play tap that you gain one life when they play them so oh, like you get extra triggers i mean that's that's a uh, aerial assault level of cute 
right? Yeah, but minions do land, so maybe? Mm, I don't know. Don't they, have, don't they have something better to do than gain one life? I used well, to make I mean, fun of people whenever they play. And we can, we, can jump, we could jump ahead to the Bishop of Wings to point out why you might want a fifth point of life, for example. All right, well, let's not do that quite yet. Right, right, just preview, yeah, like keeping people excited, right? So I think the Ancestral Blade, which is one in a white for an equipment, so it's a, it's a colorful equipment despite being an artifact, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 white soldier creature token and attach Ancestral Blade to it. Uh, anything that Ancestral Blade is attached to gets plus plus one and it has the low, low equip cost of one. I think this card is very good. So it's a 2-2 two, two vanilla for two mana. And if you want to, you can move one of that plus one. You can move the half of it somewhere else, including if the creature yeah, dies. Yeah, but it, it's super upside, right? So the Grizzly Bear level cards have seen play as long as they were in, you know, if, as long as they had something attached to them a lot of the time, right? We've seen like, you know, a Fresh Volunteer uh, is, a, is a playable card. As long as it had an engine, this is like, it's like maybe not a V8 engine, but I think there's two things that I like about this. One, it's good at like blocking at the as the 2-2, two, two. so you trade with somebody else's X2, and you've still got a little value left over. And then two, it helps contribute to the City's Blessing, and there are many things that White has already wanted to do with the City's Blessing, you know, like if it's two ones flying, for example. So, I think you're old. I'm old? Yes. I am Definitely old <laughs> as dirt. So right. I'm older than you. So you when you say kids. things like Fresh Volunteers is a card, okay. you are remembering when Fresh Volunteers was a card. I top aided a lot of PTQs. I'm not denying that you did. Fresh Volunteers. But first of all, it wasn't about the Fresh Volunteers. Yeah. That was a card you needed to put in your deck so that you could search for it. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> creatures have gotten better. You, efficiency of mana has gotten a lot better. If I got an Ancestral Blade onto the battlefield... Without the creature attached, I just had the ability to equip yeah. things for one mana to give them plus one plus one. That's not. It might never be a good use of mana for the entire game. That's how good mana is. Now. I, I I just don't see this doing anything. You never I, see I think this being played. I think that you're excited because this card ten years ago would have been exciting, and this, this card, card twenty years been outrageous. 20 and twenty years, years ago, ago it would have been insane. Yeah, but it's not twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, the best creature anyone had ever seen was a river boa. Now, like a river boa can't even. Doesn't get make the cut anywhere, right? Probably not. So, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume Riverboa doesn't do anything. I don't know. Myerboa was never played anywhere. Oh. You want, we'd rather walk on swamps or walk on islands. I'm saying there's, there's. I wouldn't assume. I wouldn't necessarily assume anything. Like the fact that dual land, a lot of dual lands these days are real lands, and right. other dual lands require lands. So maybe you actually island walk again. But yeah, we. This is not a Riverboa. So you are a seller on ancestral blade. I don't. I'm not a seller. No one's buying. <laughs> Your bid is zero. <laughs> All right, well. It's uh, not uncommon. It's not worth anything. Angel of Vitality, two and a white for a 2-2 two, two flying. If you would gain life, you gain that much life plus one instead. And uh, Angel of Vitality gets plus two, plus two, as long as you have 25 or more life. So this is like a really low bar to being 4-4 uh, four, four flying, right? So the bar is like Bishop of Wings on turn two and this on turn three, for example. Like, which will, let's just say, get you to 25, if nothing else is happening. Now I just like three, three casts cost four, four, four. The only thing about this strategy is it's so fragile. Like, once you get knocked down to 24, you know, your four, four flyer is now a two, two. The question, the other question is how many times are you triggering your, your life gain, right? If you've got a lot of life gain triggers for one and two life going on all the time, even if it's two, two, it might pay for itself in some reasonable way. But you're doing a lot of work for, you know, a four, four for three mana. That's not that above rate anymore, right? That's actually kind of rate. Four-fourth flyer for three mana? It's is, a little above rate. Is above rate. <laughs> we are not yet at the point that that's I've cast a lot of four-fours for three mana. I've cast no, five... flying. No, I've cast five-fours that couldn't be blocked by small creatures that, like, more or less had flying. Flying is also a defensive capability. Yeah. Stops their three-twos. I'm not saying it's nothing. So the reason I was talking about Aerial Assault, the first card, uh, the way that I was, is because I think that there's a lot of, you know, I think you might have to pause on something. This is like, hey, maybe this terrible ability of gaining gaining life could actually fit. Like, if you're going to play a lot of cards like Bishop of Wings, Angel of Vitality, a Johnny Strength and, of the Pride, and of course a Johnny's Pride Mate, you're going to just fill your deck with either cards that gain life or have gain life triggers. I think that you might, you're 
when you're going linear like that, you bend your... Area of Soul has a maybe I'll have a trigger if they have a creature no, maybe that's sideboard. tapped I don't and know. I have a guy. Sideboard, you should have such higher impact cards than that. Okay. It's, just, it's not... No, no, so, you're reaching. Are you also selling Angel of Vitality? Again, like, nobody's buying. I'm so, I, I certainly would trade my Ancestral Blades for Angels of Vitality, if, that, okay. if that's the question. <laughs> All right. All right, you, you heard, heard it here, here first. first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, Angelic Gift, uh, one and a white. This is a reprint, right? Uh, yeah, we don't have to worry about this. Okay. Like, we're constructed play mages. We, we, we realize okay. what this is for. This is not us. Okay. Uh, Apostle of Purifying Light is not a reprint. One and a white... Although it is, it is for an uncommon. Um, two one protection from black, and it is two colon exile target card from a graveyard. It's gonna have a use, right? Like, is isn't fast enough to, for Hogak to care about, right? No, but there are no. formats where Hogak isn't ruling. If the... that two was a one, it would be only somewhat too slow to stop Hogak. <laughs> so here's the thing: like, what about games that aren't decided yet by turn three? In games that aren't yet decided by turn three, this guy has text. Sometimes. The, so protection from black is also a thing. Like, a, a lot of Hogak... You mean against Hojack? Yeah. Are you actually proposing this? To be clear, like... I said I don't think this is fast enough for those formats, but I do think, like, in standard... what Maybe 2-1 protection from black has use. I don't think it does. Like, what are the black creatures that are attacking you that you care about? Um... I'm trying to think of one that doesn't have some sort of protection from white. <laughs> that is a problem, right? I, I actually think, you know, if we were to jump to gold, I think that the the Corpse Knight, which is a black creature, is going to be a big, big deal in standard. There are going to be some... There are going to be some, some some decks now that have black creatures, and if you have this, it's going to be nice. Like, you're not going to mind it, but it's still... It's These decks all have access to other colors. It's one toughness... The Exiling cards from Graveyards doesn't probably go in the same deck as the Protection from Black, like in terms of who you're trying to beat. See, I feel like there's always been decks that are like, all right, this isn't a great guy on the guy part of it, and this is not a great way to exile Graveyard. But like, you stick them together on one card and I can compact my 75. Yeah, that's, that's I feel really like against, against like an Is It Phoenix deck, you're just gonna get this thing shocked and it's not gonna catch the Phoenix he, that he, often. He has the wrong protection. Right, he has the wrong protection, so you're not, like, this is, if there was an apostle of, uh, you know, purifying... Flame or... Yeah, water. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Then I'd be into it, potentially, so, right? Because that, that, that now, now it does something. So right now we're we're kind of into a Johnny Strength of the Pride and no no other no other buy list. I think so. I mean, like again, no one's buying on comments, but um, <laughs> look, I, it is a two mana human that does. It's a human, so like it's not completely impossible that this is a card that like does something in the Hojack world. Not that like this is gonna make you feel comfortable with the matchup or anything. It won't. But Hojack is black. Yeah, he blocks. Like all the creatures in that deck are black, so like this does do double duty there. There you go. And doesn't, you know, Dark Blast is a relevant card it doesn't die to. I guess maybe you there's heard, something there. I you heard know. it here first. Green Malishowitz, Apostle Purifying Light, taking over a modern tournament near you. Yeah, I did. But well, only the finals. <laughs> you got to get the finals yourself. You, you got to get there fast, man. This is not this is a one this is a once in a lifetime, a very narrow window. <laughs> if you miss your window, this card's dead again. <laughs> All right. Battalion Foot Soldier, two and a white for a two-two. I don't like those stats. When Battalion Foot Soldier enters the battlefield, you may search your library for any number of cards named Battalion Foot Soldier, reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle your library. This is like... The, I always say we didn't print enough versions of this card yet. We need like, to keep printing like more. Like the Great Ogre agree? version of uh, the, the, Squadron Hawk. Yeah, we need more of these, right? Like, the, the, the game doesn't can't just keep using the same one over and over again. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Like, 1-1 one, one for 2, flying... Turned out to be a multi-format defining card. This is a full mana more. Uh, but the problem is, like, two twos for three just aren't even real cards. So, so, like, it almost doesn't matter how many you drew. Agreed. But also keep in mind that, like, again, creatures are better now. But also, why was that 1-1 one, one for two fly, 1-1 one, one flyer for two, like, I was it defining of the formats? Yeah. In the sense that it gave you a large supply of cards to put back with Jace and a large supply of cards to put amazing equipment onto. Yes. Yay! So you could but, just basically use one card slot out of 75 
that like played like four cards and then right your one card turns into yeah. four cards when you just needed random cardboard in hand and random cardboard on the field and the flying was actually relevant I, I, I always heard I was was actually pretty receptive to the argument that uh, it was disproportionately good for good players to play that card because it rewarded their kind of conservative mulligan decisions they're like hey I'm playing with this card I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to mulligan more, you know, a little bit more aggressively because it's going to it's gonna unmulligan me. Well, good more. news. Everyone's going to be mulliganing a lot as of the debut of this set. So that problem's back. <laughs> All right. You don't even have to be good. So Bishop of Wings is a rare. You've, uh, you know, talked about it twice Real already. card ahead, yes. So WW for a 1-4 human cleric. Whenever an angel enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. Whenever an angel you control dies... Create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. This card's pretty awesome, right? Yeah, 1-4 is real stats, right? It blocks on the ground. And then whenever you play an angel that likes life gain a lot, you get a bunch of life. They're clearly trying to make the white life gain deck happen, right? The angel deck. They want it to happen. So whether or not it actually happens, I think it's going to happen enough to make the red mages just not want to show up for work. That's a, so it's interesting that you say that because to me like that's a really high bar, right? Like if the deck only sort of happens, then nobody yeah. cares because no, it's just enough, right? Like like the red mage is like, all right, I'm real comfortable. They somehow got real comfortable with their esper matchup or something, right? So like even me, like I'm like, all right, if people were playing elite guard mages, I'll, I'll play them all day. I think that card isn't even a real card, but now they're playing like I'd rather play against one, I mean three elite guard mages than one Basilica Belhan. One bell hunt, they got you. Like, if they get a spell, now you need two spells to kill it. If they get a second one, you can't win. Not if you're playing Spellmonder Frenzy and you just cast three cards a turn for the rest of the game. Um, well, <laughs> that that happens less because they're in a color combination that has Mortify and D-Spark. Like the, well, they don't play Mortify anymore because they have D-Spark. So they have a few copies. But they have all kinds of, you know... Yeah, look, if they have it, right? If, if, you, if you get shut down, you get shut down... But you draw more extra cards than you might think, and so the if you get going, is, you get going. If it's in game one, even if you have Frenzy, the problem is your ability to kill a creature with four toughness is real dicey, right? You can't even loop together two burn spells reliably because you don't know what the next card is going to be. Um, I, I think that's very tough. I, I'm not saying things are great. I'm not saying it's a good matchup. I agree it's a bad matchup if it's real. Yeah. But I... I'm saying, like, just because somebody somewhere might play this in Tier 2 does not actually scare a real player. Yeah. Right. They just are like, okay, someone might have it. And then if they have it, then things are going to be tough. But I've still got a better deck than they do, and maybe something's going to work out. Like, they definitely don't need to burn you out, right? They're not, I mean, not, not afraid of you getting a bunch of life. <clears throat> what they're afraid of is you doing something absurd with the amount of toughness you deploy. Well, the other thing is they also get generate a lot of power. Yeah, right? they can like, try. Yeah, so. But, like, Lava Coil is a great card. It is, it is. So, like, once they have access to Lava Coil... Absolutely fantastic oh, you know, sideboard card. Yeah. Which they... I'm saying they're already guaranteed yeah. to have. And Spider-Man Frenzy is a great card, which they're guaranteed to have. And, yeah, we'll see. All right. So, here, I think, is a, a real, real capital R uh, real card alert. I haven't seen this. Brought back. Brought back. Choose so, up the two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield... So you are the number one deck designer of all time per next level deck building, but let me just get your your juices flowing. What if I'm playing modern and I go first turn fetch land go second turn fetch land break both both of these and I just cast brought back. I have five mana on turn three in a non green deck. Does that does that excite you at all? I mean I'm dead right. What? <laughs> I just spent turn two one saying go and turn two saying go and then I died. Okay, right? You die on turn three. You, oftentimes you're like way behind on turn three. But you, you also don't... It's, this is an instant. Like you okay, just, fine. I might have gone first. No, but you can like counterspell them if you have to. You don't have to brought back. It's, okay, if I have pack negation, that helps. I agree. So, so uh, I, I, I'm trolling you a bit, yeah. but I, I am pointing out that like you did in fact spend the first two turns not interacting. That is true. And in exchange you got five mana on turn three, that's which a, is not nothing. That's big for non-green. That's big for green. Green, in standard at least, dreams of the five mana turn three draws, right? Like, those are the ones where they land, like, a super fast Nissa or Vivian Reed, and then they, you know, they're way ahead. I mean, in standard, we'd be much more interested. Well, there's no, there's no, 
you know, Real shame, that. Plus three added standard. How about this? You can expend, like, the last uh, loyalty on multiple planeswalkers and then brought back, and you get them back, and you get another use out of them. So, or let them kill multiple planeswalkers and get another use out of them. Sure. Either sure. or, and get them on their... But it's better if it's on your turn, because then you get immediate uses, but... Um, there, I mean, the, the other thing is, like, if you're just Tom Ross, I mean, just Tom Ross in quotes, Tom just made the top eight of another Grand Prix, like, he's always been a maniac with white weenie decks where he has some sort of slot in his deck to counteract sweepers. This is like a... Yeah, did, did anyone else feel it was, like, a little not reasonable for him to be playing Hojack at a, at a modern Grand Prix right after he left R&D at working on Modern Horizons? I don't know. I'm not sure for Tom Ross whenever I have the opportunity. I, I love the guy, but, like, it just definitely felt like... There are... Yeah, whoops, sorry, guess I'll play it. There are, like, no, <laughs> no parody questions in my mind. He was trying to rectify his mistake as quickly as possible, and I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, this card is sweet, though, right? Yeah. No, the card is sweet, like, it has mundane utility as, like, stop your wrath, bring my cards back. Well, especially if you're, like, I'm just going to say green-white or something, you're, like, the cards I'm bringing back happen to be Jade Light Rangers, you know, like, some sort of value-bearing sure. thing. absolutely. There's a lot to be said for it. There's a lot of cards, like, if you're doing sacrifice things, as you point out with the Fetchlands, you're in business. So I can definitely imagine a lot of places where this is almost always going to do something cool, at some point and bring you back something. You know, obviously it's a reactionary card if you're not proactively sacrificing a bunch of stuff. I'm sure Sam Black has designed on this. <laughs> God. How could he not? You know, Sam Black's favorite favorite things to do with expensive cardboard is to tear it up. You know? <laughs> so. Um, Cavalier of Dawn. I'm not sure. Is, I'm not sure if this is a real card. Problem is, this is basically the same casting cost as Lyra Dawnbringer, but harder. Um, two white, white, white. So five total mana for a four, six vigilance elemental knight. Remember, this is the elemental set. When Cavalier of Dawn enters Knights the battlefield, knights are a thing too. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially in this color, All right? Yeah. So when Cavalier of Dawn enters the battlefield, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a three-three colorless golem artifact creature token. When Cavalier of Dawn dies, return a target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's like a very terrible Vindicate, but it could also just be like a... That last line is so hard to actually use, is the one, one thing I'd worry about. It's just how many do you have? But if you have them, and then again, uh, uh, well, the white deck has Legion's Landing and History of Benalia already, right? Well, what if you've got like... And they both die, and they kind of kill it. So what if you're playing a black-white deck and you have multiple copies, maybe even four copies of Oath of Kaya, for sake of argument? Sure. You could ting your own Oath of Kaya when this comes into play. Get a 3-3. Three, three. Get a 3-3. Three, three. Then when it dies, get the Oath of Kaya back. Or you, you could just get Oath of Kaya in the graveyard by playing a second Oath of Kaya on turn four. Right? So I think like there's a tremendous synergy specifically with Oath of Kaya. The thing about Lyra Dawnbringer is if you play Lyra Dawnbringer and they kill Lyra Dawnbringer... You go home and get nothing. Yeah. And you spent five mana for something they fought with fire or they use a removal, you know, use an absolute removal spell on, and you're really sad. Yeah, there are, there are low bars. They tuck it, and you're like, I'm so sad, right? Whereas if they're playing Teferi's and you have, you know, Cavalier of Dawn, you're just happy, right? Well, it actually answers that. The tucking it, does, you don't get the triggers, only if it dies. No, but... But bouncing, it's fantastic. But you can, talk, you can kill the Teferi when it comes to play. That's true. Or yeah. you can get another card and then kill the Deferi with the 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. It also works. Do that, yeah. So, like, I think this is not... In my universe, I have an unlimited number of Oath of Caius also, so I couldn't get Teferi that way. It's very nice of you, uh, because they always minus, right? I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, just, like, fight the Cavalier of Dawn Fair. He has six power, seven power. I mean... I don't know who's thinking... If you're targeting your own stuff, sure. I'm, I'm sure you'll be tempted not to. <laughs> Got it. This card just seems really like a push, like a really powerful card, and Lyra is obviously really good at the thing that Lyra is good at, right? Like sometimes you play Lyra Dawnburger, your opponent's like, "Well, that's better than my deck." That's really unfortunate. I oh, guess I, I mean, lose now. Red decks can't really beat that card main deck. I was surprised it never really picked up in. in Two burn spells you know, is totally a thing. The, yeah, but the problem you're you'd be surprised. I played a lot of red. If you when you are in your best, you're playing your best self, right? You've got frenzy in play, putting together two burn spells. On a particular turn, there's no guarantee you can ever do it. And the only guy that you can ever, like, lace a burn spell up with to kill Lyra Dawnbringer is Chain Alert. And they're never going to block Chain Alert. They know the jig is up, you know? They're 
So they're just like, yeah, hey, I'll just take five. I'm not saying it's easy to kill the thing. It's a good card. I, I just... It's just serving a very different purpose than Lyra, right? They're fighting for the same mana slot. But yeah. They're not fighting for the same purpose. Like, not that you wouldn't play this if you had it against Red. Like, it seems fine. Do you think fine. this is, like, more of a main deck card and there's more of a sideboard card? Or yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I, I don't mind main deck and Cavalier Dawn. Like, this is the new world, right? The new world is, like, well, we like Lyra Dawnbringer, but if somebody was playing best of one, there might be matchups where they were sad about having a 5-5 five, five flyer for five. <laughs> Because with a hundred ability, with a lifelink and yeah, some other ability that we're all going to not remember. Like that's that's not good enough in some matchups. So we need to make sure that there's lots and lots of text on our mythics to make sure that everyone's like, oh my god, look at all the things my card does. So I take it you haven't seen some of the other cavaliers then. I've seen some of the other cavaliers. The blue cavalier, I can't believe that I'm not going to play. It's it's crazy to me. But we'll see. We'll talk about it when we get to it. All right. So dawning angel. That's one we thought we were going to start on before. Yeah. Much less impressive. At five, yeah. Four and a white for a three, two, flying. When Dawning Angel enters the battlefield, you gain four life. It's just kind of on theme. But this is this is a definition of a card that's way worse than most of the other angels, right? I mean, do you draft, Michael? I only draft in practice to drafting on the Pro Tour, which I have not been qualified for for a few years. So, no. I don't draft for <laughs> pleasure. Okay. I actually, so, this is, maybe you'll do this at some point in your life when you're a little older. I play a lot of FNM though, so I play try to play every week. That's play, cool. Play like at local tournaments, keep my keep my toes wet. Yeah. So uh, I have a let's say well above average win expectation at FNM. So I have a fair number of promo cards and lots of packs that I come away from FNM with that I never draft. Okay. So what happens is if one of my kids is going to a birthday party, where a kid that their that's their birthday like likes Magic the Gathering. I just give them like 10 packs and they have like they gave the best gift at the party. That sounds cool. And it cost me nothing. Nothing. Like a kid pulled a Liliana once. Like just your Friday night. That's flipped cool. out. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's a cool post. It's a cool system. Anyway, if you're not going to draft the set, pay no attention to this card. <laughs> if you are drafting the set, see this is reasonably good. All right. Yeah. Daybreak Chaplain is another reprint. Yeah, play the same message. If you, if you need to gain life, you can. Um, Devout Decree, so this is one and a white for a sorcery. Exile target creature or planeswalker that's black or red, scry one. Awesome or very awesome? No. No? It's okay. Like, it's instant. It's good. It's a sorcery. It instant, it's, it's insane. There's well, already a card at instant that doesn't have scry one. I'm aware. It also targets other kinds of permanents. Huh. Like Experimental Frenzy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but those are not currently uh, overlapping. In yeah, format. or like over Kai or Barlas' Citadel or, you know, things. I mean, I don't mind Zing and Bolas or uh, one of the upcoming big Chandras or something. Well, the card... Like a great answer. The card seems like it has uses at the sideboard card, but... No, nobody's main decking this unless the format looks real weird. Although I, it does kill Rekindling Phoenix Dead. I like that. No, I, I like the... I, I, I'm going to play this card. It kills both Phoenix, either Phoenix dead. That is a thing. So if you're playing white... A lot of these white decks feel like their sideboard cards are all like, meh, meh, meh. I guess I need 15 of these, right? Meh, meh. So I can't have anything to do. And this is something to do. So in standard, I've mostly been playing mono green ramp. And it's funny that you say that because like, the only card I ever side in is Vivian Reed. And I almost always side all my Vivian reads in every matchup. And I never side any other card. Um, but it's a it's a Karn deck, so you, you don't side a lot of the... Okay, the that seems reasonable. You have, you have an excuse. Yeah. Right, your sideboard is not meant to be brought in. That's fine. Uh, disenchant, played or no? Just Disenchant. I'm only evaluating the art, right? Like, yeah, I kind of like it. It's unfortunate it has the new card frame. But you don't have to play. Do you, do you have betas somewhere? No. My card, my collection got wiped multiple times by thieves. I did not know that. Yeah, I lost power. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. You you didn't hear about the time that my locker at neutral ground, which had all my cards, got broken into? No. And I opened the lock to get my cards. No way. The lock was still there. Yeah. I opened it up. And it's empty except for the box of Illuminati New World Order, which the thieves have left intact. <laughs> because it wasn't worth taking. Wow. 
That's, that's tough. Yeah, so, yep. I lost a Lotus and some five Moxes and Ancestral and a Time Lock and all that jazz. Like, it happens. But was that far before that you became a Pro Tour champion? When was it exactly? I think it was before I became a Pro Tour champion. But, like, long before things went completely nuts. Like, I didn't... I didn't feel like the impact on my retirement plan, right? I just... Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, was, <laughs> like, I remember when I was in college, like, people were like, hey, I think, you know, somebody in, like, a dorm was like, hey, I heard you played this Magic game. You know, what, what's the most expensive card? We were thinking about putting a dorm tournament up, and then I'm like, oh, I think a Black Lotus is, like, 60 bucks, right? Yeah. It was so, like that, right? It was a few hundred, but, like, it was not so bad. Now? I, yeah, I don't know. It would have been crazy to buy them back. I didn't because it was like, yeah, I've had my fun playing. Yeah, I was like, I've, I've played vintage now. It was fun. There's not much left to do. So I, I used to have all the duels. Um, yeah. And, and I, I had five tundras for a while, but I traded one to Josh Rabbits for a bunch of, like, Geist of St. Traffs and stuff. I don't know. He's, but, like, the I, I mean, I don't know how I lost some of the duels, right? But it's like I have no undergrounds. I have no trops. I know. know. Like, to me, I, yeah. I, I just, I... I lost my real collection multiple times, and at this point, I just don't have the space to like build one up. So I just stopped, and you know, I, I don't miss the dealing with it. So, you know, no retirement plan. But I have other retirement plans. So I'll be fine. <laughs> don't, nobody, nobody worry about me. Um, so yeah, look, Disenchant is a nice card. Unfortunately, it targets things that don't really exist very much these days. So no one's gonna play it unless something changes. But. It's there for me. Yeah, I think there's plenty of things to hit. This is a sideboard card. Um, what decks are going to make you want to bring this in? Well, if you're a control deck that relies on Planeswalkers, you might have to destroy the Immortal Sun. That's a pretty widely played card. In main decks and sideboards. Yeah, but the decks playing Immortal Sun, like, they probably have a handful of copies and no other targets, right? Reasonably often? Uh, they often have, like, two copies of the Immortal Sun. And... What else? Probably almost nothing else. There might be, like, Rakdos deck might have the Immortal Sun and Theater of Horrors, maybe. That's that's a very poor so, so I'm not going to play this when I could be playing D-Spark, right? Um, I'm that's, trying to think what you would want to disenchant that doesn't cost four or more. Uh, yeah. Because, like... I, mean, I, I might want... Like, there's things I want to hit, right? I might want to hit, like, History but no, yeah. I might want to hit Legion's Landing. I might want to hit, like, um, and, Frenzy. But, like... I'm not going to bring Disenchant in those spots, I right? Have, no. Anytime I ever use a card on on uh, History of Benalia, I get, it just feels terrible. I know, but it still feels so much worse to get hit in the face for eight, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Feels bad, man. Ow. Hurts. I guess, I guess I'm... Hurts, man. This is just like a... Uh, that's a grizzly bear, right? Except it's not necessarily a grizzly bear, right? So, okay, fair enough. Eternal Isolation, one and a white. Well, here's a card that you cannot hit with Disenchant. Put target creature with power four or greater on the bottom of its owner's library. I can see wanting to play this. It would be kind of a real narrow situation. Like, what deck am I that I'm using Eternal Isolation to deal with somebody's dragon slash dinosaur slash phoenix instead of a black card? I miss old names. And, you know, well, I mean, downgrade, right? Eternal Isolation. But, shrug. This is playable, I think. It's fringy, sideboardy. Like you can't main deck this, right? Like there's too many decks where it doesn't do anything. Probably not. I mean, like maybe if you're in a deck that had a lot of brainstorm slash, you know, uh, what looting. Format, what format are you even in? No, I'm just saying. Like there's there's a brainstorm in this set, playable brainstorm, looting effects. I don't know why you actually play this over other options. That's I don't see. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it's this we we. we we all have the temptation to be, like, in a different world, like the world we were in back when, you know, we were young. We might have been able to play this card and it would do something, but... <laughs> let's face it, we had this card back then, we didn't play it anyway. All right, fair. That's what was called Reprisal, right? Like, Well, Reprisal, I, wasn't that an instant, not a sorcery, and it destroyed, not put on bottom. Yeah, so it was better, but, like... In, in meaningful. The cards you want to... I mean, yeah, except for Rekindling Phoenix, like, it's just... Yeah, anyway. All right, so Fencing Ace... Um, this card has seen constructed play, obviously very narrow. You have to have like a lot of auras you want to play or something for this to be good. Yeah, I don't think the support is there. No. No. I mean, it's possible in like some sort of weird Barros target my own creatures deck, it makes the cut somehow, but I'm assuming that there are better things where that deck is bad. Well, half the time you're 
dealing two damage to your creature, so I think a 1-1 one, one might might not be good. Well, you should stop doing that. That sounds annoying. Gauntlets of Light, 2 and a W for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus O, plus 2, and assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Enchanted creature has 2 and a W. Untap this creature. So this is basically plus 2, plus 2, right? And then changes the rules a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be good in some draft decks. It's a little expensive in others. <laughs> it's like an on-table trick. Not enough of one. I mean, just if they kill the creature, you lose two cards. They bounce it. All right, so, let's move eh, on. I mean, Glaring Aegis. I'm not even thinking about putting it in a deck. Let's put, make it very clear. Yeah. W, Enchantment Aura. Enchant Creature. When Glaring Aegis enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. Enchant Creature gets plus one, plus three. How about this is pretty good, right? I think like, this seems to misunderstand what's... I mean... We are cer certainly not going to give it plus three, plus one, right? <laughs> like, this would be... Well, probably you should have to put Gauntlets of Light on it afterwards, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I'm Target just, your creature again, right? Like, I'm more saying, triggers? I think Exciting, exciting, exciting? The trigger on Glaring Aegis <laughs> is awesome, right? That's a cool ability that if there's anything else on this that was good enough, I'd want to play. I'm just not excited by plus one, plus three. It's, it's a deck that's... It's, you have to have a deck that exactly wants this, and then you have to have other people who are trying to block. Well. And I worry they're not. Because they're not. Like 40% of the room is just not going to block. A lot of the room doesn't do that. 30-odd percent of the room doesn't have any creatures right now. And a lot of the rest of the room is like, yeah, I make a bunch of tokens, or I just attack, or... Or I don't have any planeswalkers you're trying to kill, so, like, what are you even doing? Well, I don't know. I'm like, waiting for you to take all the turns, I guess. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get right on to that. Uh, God's Willing, uh, this was a highly playable card in its original era. All right. I think if there's... I would say that deck got closer to being real by this card being printed. But... You don't play this in like a Feather deck? I do. Yeah. If I'm playing Feather. Like if someone tells me I have to play Feather, like it's my commander or something, I'm going to play this card. <laughs> Feather's done okay. He's giving me like the deaths. The the right? how many copies were in the uh, latest Mythic Championship? I think zero. That's what I thought. So I I don't know that that's not necessarily the best the best judge. I think I honestly think Mono Green is one of the best decks in standard. Nobody played it. In that I game. think zero is different from one, but <coughs> look, I I have not seen what the Mono Green deck can do. I have not played that much standard lately, but God's Willing feels like it makes the deck substantially better. It also just. My gut tells me it doesn't actually solve the deck's problems. Um, I'm not sure what... Like, I I found the Feather deck not particularly hard to beat once I just had, like, like an active hero and a bunch of Planeswalkers. Like, so they... Oh, you're attacking me. How novel, right? Like, I could just kill your guys at instant speed a lot. That's what I mean. What I mean is that... I mean, yes, protection for your guys is nice, but your deck just isn't fundamentally operating on the same level. Um, That's what I felt. But. Yeah, I think like their super explosive draws are very impressive a lot of the time. But and they still make them better, but look, I, I haven't seen a build yet that makes me scared. That makes me think that they can run with a big boys. Fair enough. Griffin Protector, 3 and a W for a 2-3 flying. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Griffin Protector gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. This is a, this is a solid limited guy. Super yeah. solid, right? Very solid limited guy. Griffin Sentinel. Two and a W for a 1-3 Griffin flying Vigilance. It's a very mediocre limited guy. He'd play it. He's flying, right? I'd play you it. You have all these flying guys for your, uh, for your aerial assault. I mean, that's not why I'd play Bringing it. Bringing it back together. He's, he's quality filler. All right, how about <laughs> this guy? This guy is the same casting cost. Hanged Executioner, two and a W for only a 1-1. One, one. But he's a spirit. Spirits are better than Griffin. That's a three on the activation cost? Ugh. So, flying. <laughs> when Hanged Executioner enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. So, it's like, it's, it's worst case is it's like two 1-1 one, one flyers for three. That's close to tell me more, right? Three 1-1 one, one flyers for three is insane, right? So Yeah, but the tell me more is not I have flashback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> exile, hanger, excuse exile, target creature. Like, you, you're just never going to come up, right? 
I mean... The, the problem I have with this card is, man, is this great Rekindling Phoenix or... Arc like, I want this to say Exile a Spirit to do this. So, like, we have some dreams. We don't have any dreams now, right? We just have well, pay the, seven mana to Exile The problem something. is if you, if you only have seven mana open, you're never killing a Phoenix with this. Like, they're just going to play a Chain Whirler, right? Like, that's actually what happens. I mean, this card is designed to be, like, you know... The, the, the actual artist just decided to kick me, right? Like, <laughs> I think we can agree that if you had seven mana, you would be able to destroy one of your opponent's creatures permanently and be left with a 1 1 flyer. Which, when you put it that way, is not a great deal. Yeah, if the crossing cost was white, white, five, and it said, do that thing, I'd be like, I am very not impressed right now. It's not, not on the boat. Okay, um, Herald of the Sun, 4WW for a 4 4 flying angel, but as we can see, it is a silver M20 logo, so probably, probably done. Uh, 3NW put a plus one plus one counter on another target creature with flying. This is like a whiz bang great limited card, though. It's good. It's, it's pretty expensive, but like you want cards in these to have to take over games, so I think you're pretty excited to have it. I think I'd first pick this card reasonably often, yeah. is my guess from what I've seen. Inspired Charge, playable and limited, but not exciting and limited. I feel like a lot of players of M20 play this card when they shouldn't, is my um, guess. Certainly players of M19 and M18 recently have been playing this card when they shouldn't. When I play this in, like I want to say, like M10 or M11, whenever I had it, it was terrible. Whenever my opponents had it, it was terrible about half the time. I would say my opponents had it and played it. It was, like, terrible about half the time and reasonable about half the time. Yeah. And who knows how often they were just sitting in their hands. It was never good for me. Like, I've had, like, three in my hand. I'm like, well, how did this draft go wrong? I've, yeah, I, I forced myself to play it. And it's like, well, to be fair, like, when you're playing it, it's because your draft went horribly wrong, right? Or else you wouldn't be playing it. Well, you might have convinced yourself that you've got, like, the Blue-White Flyers deck. I have never convinced myself of this. <laughs> Not once. Inspiring Captain. It's more like, I guess I've got the Blue-Eyed Flyers deck. Oh, well. <laughs> 3 to W for a 3-3. Three, three. When Inspiring captors, Captain enters battlefield, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, plus one in the turn. This seems like a great limited card. Sometimes. It's good. Yeah, it depends on whether or not the deck in question is the thing. Like, there might be... Like, in past, that's a, this is very good in the Boros Rush deck in limited. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, great in the generic, but, like, three threes in the core set for four mana are actually, actually kind of decent. As long as they do anything. Uh, but certainly not a constructed card, right? No one's even talking about this. Speaking about a constructed card, though, Leyline of Sanctity, like, you know, cross-format, sideboard all-star, sometimes played in the main decks of some highly successful decks. I do appreciate that Wizards doesn't want to just, like, initiate the London Mulligan and then not give us ways to abuse it. And not make our lives feel miserable. They want to make sure that we feel it right away, in standard, not just in modern. And kudos to them. Mad props. So, <laughs> how about from a different perspective? Let's say I just play main deck Leyline of Sanctity. I know I'm playing against you and you don't have any good targeting stuff in my opening hand. I just get a free mulligan. That's basically what happens. And your mulligan is, if your mulligan lands on this card, you can just put it on the Yeah, bottom. it's magnified, right? Yeah, it's a huge, but it's a huge. I, I hate what the London Mulligan does for scouting. Right. Oh. Like, because yeah. now, like, that decision I'm to put on the bottom before you know what they're playing can be very much the whole game. How does that matter if you're playing open deck lists, though, for Constructed? It's much better. Right, so, like, I hate open deck lists. I think that's... that's I hate them in principle, but... I hate them atrocious. I'm not sure how much of a choice you have if you're going to print Lewin a second to do a London Mulligan. You know, and, and similar things. Because... Leyline's Sanctity is a real card, right? Like, if you yeah, it's for sure it's a real card. Have you seen the cards running around in standards? There's a lot of things that want to target you. Like, you don't want them to. You wish they would stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Although this also makes it more economical for people who want to play modern, <coughs> right? I, look, I appreciate that the Modern Horizons got too big, and some of the cards had to flow over into M20. I think we'll see this over the course of M20. Yeah. That we'll see, like, a significant portion of the good cards in M20 are... They printed, they made it out of Modern Horizons. This is not necessarily something that actually happened, but just something that feels like it happened, and maybe we'll learn that it did. And then they realize, set's too big, we don't want to print this many cards, oh, we'll just make the the, the cards here that we can print instead, we'll just put them all in M20. This is a perspective that can only be given to you, Canadian listeners, from a, an ex-member of Watsi R&D. <laughs> briefly, very briefly, but... Failed to not print Damnation. I tried, man, I tried. I also tried to stop Planeswalkers, so 
yeah, my track record on stopping things that, that I thought were horrible is not good. What was your opinion on Tarmogoyf? Didn't realize what was going on. Uh, we hadn't started playing constructed with that set, I think, at the time. But Much like the the secondary market buying public who had it for $5 for, like... Yeah, but also, it was, we months. were only testing standard, so, like, it was a lot less, like, mm. silly. Oh, yeah. The standard, it was fine. Well, yeah, there were no Planeswalkers at all yet, right? And there was, like, fewer... No Feshlands in standard. Yeah, like, people were like, ooh, I'll play a tribal card. It'll be so cool. Like, they, they did do that. We were doing some work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Sam played uh, Tarfire instead of Lightning Bolt in one of his top eights. Yeah. Tarfire. I can see it if no one else is... If they, they don't just all... If your opponents don't all just have four time to go to steal, I can definitely see it. So. Loxodon Life Chanter, five and a W for a four, six Elephant Cleric. When Loxodon Life Chanter enters the battlefield, you may have your life total become the total toughness of creatures you control. So worst case scenario, you can go from less than six life to six life on this guy, right? Yeah. Uh, five and a W, locks on life chanter gets plus X plus X till end of turn where X is your life total. Um, this is a real expensive, difficult way to do it. It's a very much a windmill slam at limited. It takes over the entire game. Um, so this is like a super bomb, you think, there? It seems like it. I mean, it's a, it's an abyss, right? You, just, you have to block it every turn. Because it's going to have a plus six, plus six or bigger ability most of the time. Often much bigger. And then you have to throw a card, and then they don't have to, act, they don't have to, pick the, they don't have to activate because you yep. jump blocked it, and you move on. If you give it flying or something, you can just win. But in constructed, obviously, like that's a lot of work, right? Six and six, like that last ability kind of says, like you know, if it's unblocked, win the game. And I kind of don't care at that price. <laughs> <laughs> so for comparison, this is like twelve mana, and uh, hanged executioner was seven mana though. For for uh, it's. It's expensive combination. Yeah, of, by comparison to cards that don't exist, this card also doesn't exist. Yeah, I, power, I understand. Power, toughness, and abilities. Loyal, Pe Loyal Pegasus is probably not going to see play in Constructed. Master Splicer. So this guy is named Master. I find it interesting how quickly you went over that card, though. Because like, compared to some of the cards you've paused it, it is a 2-1 flyer for one mana. Like, this is... Yeah, but it can't attack or block alone. It, I mean, there's white lead decks. Like, I, I agree we can almost certainly do better. But, like... There are worlds. I have a real, real, real high bar on one toughness creatures in standard. Agreed. Because I think that uh, even if he's lost some shine recently, I think Goblin Chain Whirler is approximately the second most warping card in standard. Yeah, I mean, it won't last forever. Yeah, it won't last until the next rotation, but I, I mean, I still have a really high bar on one toughness creatures. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, compared to some of the other cards, right, and giving it the literal no words was, like, pretty loud. Pretty okay. last. So you corrected that with like that's all I know, wanted to do. Two hundred fifty or so words. Master Under. Splicer, uh, three and a W for a creature, human artificer. So here's a one one for four. You better have some sweet text. When Master Splicer enters the battlefield, create a three three colorless golem artifact creature token. Golems you control get plus one plus one. This is like very close to a card that Jerry Thompson would break, right? But not quite. One one mana too much. The word break, like, really? Break? I mean, you can try and flicker this thing a bunch, right? If you want. I mean, Jerry Jerry famously didn't play Geist of St. Traff. He played Blade Splicer instead, which is a three-mana version of this. It is, though, isn't it? What do you mean? A three-mana yeah, version. Yes, so it's about one mana wrong. It's um, just, like, okay, I got a 1-1 one, one and a 4-4. Four, four. Best five, case. Five power over the course of four mana. Some combo abilities on this like you cloning it's probably pretty cute depending on on what you can Fine. do trouble has been asked for and probably found it's funny how much i liked like the two mana glory seeker version of this and like <laughs> how reluctant i am on the four mana five five version which actually has better aggregate stats look it's it's one of these cards that just isn't impressing me, right? Like, the rates are not that great. All right. The rates have gone up. <laughs> you can't pay. <laughs> Moment of heroism. One in a white instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains lifelink until end of turn. You were so excited to the word instant. I was, I was like, just in awe of how much of a little kid you can still yeah, be. Well, I think that... Uh, I wish I could feel that way about the word instant without reading the text. Yeah. Like, especially when, like, 
it sounds like it's going to be a combat trick, and then it's a combat trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not saving you. Where do you expect moment of heroism to be, right? Yeah, well, like, just like all heroes, whoever gets this is going to the graveyard. I had my moment of heroism, <laughs> and now it's gone. Moraland Inquisitor, one and a white for a 2-2 human soldier. 200W, Moraland Inquisitor gains first strike until end of turn. This card is awful. Good common. Awful. Reasonable common. Passivism is passivism. I'm happy to get my 2 twos for two, man. Passivism has never seen, like, was never a staple in any format, was it, ever at any point? I lost a Pro Tour because it wasn't on my sideboard. Right? Like... Um, the the red-white deck? Yeah. The Usher Slide deck. Like, the fact that I missed it and Osip had it was what he won, and I finished, you know, a match court. I feel like the fact that you had cards that could beat Beast Bidding and Osip just didn't play against Beast Bidding. Well, I had my other problem solved, but I legitimately didn't solve the problem that was actually, like, at the top of the Swiss more often than that. That's one of my all-time favorite stories is Osip going up to you and be like, how did you be? How'd you win that matchup? You're like, let me see your sideboard. And you're like, you don't. <laughs> I mean, you don't play it. That, that works. Yeah. Look, I, I solved some problems that other people didn't solve. I could have solved this problem, too. There was room in the 75. I mean, some of those decks were pretty loose. Like, I think the, 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 the white... Pit pit fighter legend, that guy's pretty loose, right? Like, I thought he was pretty loose. Yeah. You know we don't need him. He, what's, he, what's he doing for you? Not much. He's blocking. Like, he, he wanted a big guy. It's fine. Like it's there not are the, other big guys. There's a chroma. There's Rorix. There's a chroma. I get it. Like look, I I felt like you know we didn't anticipate what the red deck's going to look like. We missed pacifism. If we be able to like just clear two or three slots in the sideboard for pacifism, I think we. We just beat everything. I feel like <laughs> there was no unified red deck. Like I think Yellow Hat's red deck was meaningfully different than uh, the red deck we were playing against in practice was much smaller than the red decks that were real. Like, like that's the, why we didn't see it. Then people have like Avericks and Insurrection. And, yeah, I mean, I agree it varied a lot. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, just you know, I don't want to get too much on the tangent. But just like saying, Pacifism is a real card. Yeah. Okay. How about Planet Cleansing? Is that a real card? Definitely. It destroys all non-land permanents for six. So that, like, if you have, like, all your planeswalkers, it blows them up. Yeah, it does. It's a pretty uh, big deal. Yeah, it's pretty easy to counter, but nobody plays Nobody counters. plays any counter spells because it's a fairy. Uh, <laughs> I think Raise the Alarm is a real card. One, Has been. One in a way for instant, make two one one white soldier. It's sure. a way to, you know, it's one of the ways to attack on turn three and flip the Legion's Landing. Which uh, is a thing. Sweet. I worry, that, again, that, like... Prices have gone up, and this card was always, like, a little fringy. It was like, if this is exactly what you want, it's fine. But Soldier isn't the right type, either. It's weird how... Give me two knights. Two one... <laughs> Give me two knights, come on. <laughs> Why, you stack for, like, ten? <laughs> uh, you want to raise the alarm or not? <laughs> <laughs> Rule of Law is a real sideboard card. Probably not for standard, though. Yeah, it's a card that... It feels like... You know, new players like to see this ability and go, ooh, that's interesting, and then put it in their decks and realize it does nothing, and then it's a skill tester, and they learn. I mean, it's great in some other formats. Oh, and occasionally it's good in other formats, but there are already enough copies to fulfill that need. Like, you didn't need to reprint it for that. All right, here's an expensive angel. Is it good? Safara the Sky's Blade. Seven. Four WWW. Legendary creature angel for a 7-7. You may pay W and tap four untapped creatures you control with flying rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Flying lifelink, other creatures you control with flying have indestructible. That's a lot of text. So, first of all, you wondered why we were playing Pegasus Charger. <laughs> well, it's a one night of flyer. We need more of those. Yeah. Now, and now the more you know, right? Um, this is one of those cards that says, this is the deck you're playing. If you're playing exactly this deck, we are interested. If we're playing anything else, we're not interested. Or alternatively, we're playing Modern Horizons, and we just battle screeched. <laughs> um, so, uh, even at retail, 7-7 seven, seven for 7, flying lifelink that makes everybody else indestructible? Like, I could be in for that, right? No. Like, no? No. Your seven drop stopping them from using a sweeper is just not an impressive thing to be doing. So I it doesn't mean, doesn't have hexproof. 
So the W is really the, the, the big thing, right? You're, no, you're, it's I, the seven. No, no, this thing, the, the W, the, in the text. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant the no, white no, no. card. So no, the no. fact that you can cast yes. on turn three. Right? No, look, this is not, this doesn't cost seven then any more than, like, that, it costs seven then about as much as Hogarth costs eight, right? Like, this card. Well, well that guy costs nothing ever. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. This card costs W. This, this is. Do you think they missed it, that they could, you could just, like, play that guy, mill yourself a bunch, keep playing him, and then mill your opponent to death? Do you yes. think they missed that part? Like, yes. Like, oh. We'll be able to stop this with, like, a bridge. No, no, no. We also have, like, an infinite, infinite mill kill built into the deck. I can only assume they printed a bunch of cards for the deck in the same set, didn't put the pieces together. <laughs> because if they had put the pieces together, they wouldn't have freaking printed the deck. <laughs> like, they're smarter than that. I... You, did you see the results from this weekend? Yeah, blue-white won. Beat, beat him in the finals. Yeah, it was... The thing you see when, you know, I hear cards are expensive, and I have a deck, and, you know, you know, winning is overrated, let's just play some Magic, and then, like, not that many people play it yet. Well, there were still multiple copies in the top eight. Finals. Of course. Tom Ross. I mean, it dramatically overperformed at every level, as far as I can tell. It just yeah, didn't I, quite win. I don't even think it's, a, I don't even think there's other real decks, personally. I, that's why I said they didn't, like, you know, to me, like, the, we did a survey of Grand Prix competitors and found that how many of them were serious about winning, and we found out that, like, what was it, 15% of them wanted to win? So, <laughs> I also looked at the Star City events, because there was a, a modern, like, team event, yeah, yeah. and then also a modern a modern classic. It wasn't unified, though. It was just... No, you could, everyone could play the same deck, right? Right, you could play three Hojack decks if you could find the cards. Yeah, but a lot of people are playing, like, multiple, is it Phoenix decks, right? Yeah. Um... So it didn't dominate that tournament, and Burn won the classic. I mean, I think you're right. I think people just didn't get the cards together yet. I think people didn't get the cards together, or people were just like, "There's this Ugfield of like, I you see this, you saw this with tricks, right? You saw this with every deck that just beats everything. You just it's just a matter of it takes I'm weeks. I'm worried about like dealing with all of these hate cards. And I don't want to learn how to deal with all of these problems, and I don't want to fight these mirrors where the other person knows exactly what to do and probably has something I haven't thought of. And this sounds like a nightmare, and, like, I didn't spend my life just to play these stupid mirrors and, like, yeah, play but... these stupid games, and I hate, I and I don't want to be part of the problem, and, like, I'll just play this deck I've played for five years, and I know inside and out. And, like, it'll be fine, right? Even the even the burn deck that won the Classic, like, it had such a warped sideboard. First of all, it was back to 20 lands, because you had to be able to support a two-casting cost card on turn two. Four Rest in Peace and multiple uh, Tormod scripts in the sideboard. Like, like, that's way, way, way off of, uh... You know, what anybody's been playing for years. That shouldn't be enough, but it helps. I mean, here's the thing about Burn. I, I'm not making the argument at all that Burn should be the choice over, you know, art, you know, Alter Bridgevine or whatever you want to call it right now. But I would say that that deck does an enormous amount of damage to itself and has, like, a bunch of, like, whack guys that don't block. So you can you can get the right draw it's with a lot of one It's not a crazy choice. It's if you're, you know, poor... <laughs> it's always been part of my calculus. Yeah, or or you you know decide you would you would not sign packs with the devil and you don't want to play like graveyard animation cards ever again or you know whatever there are reasons I get it. So, are you in for Safari? You think it's fake? I am trying to come up with a list of flyers in my head that would actually allow me to play get four flyers onto the board. Like, where are my token generators? They're going to give me flying creatures, right? Well, I had that one that for three mana I can get two spirits. That's a start. But, like, how many others do I have? Well, that's a turn three card in a white deck, probably, so... Yeah. Well, there's no Bird of Paradise in Sanford, right? So... <laughs> no. If you're like, Bird of Paradise, that guy, you're real. You're, you're almost there on turn three. Oh. I mean, I admire the uh, optimism. Like, we do have, like, a bunch of Hawks, right? We have the 1-1s, one we have the 1-1 one one life lickers, we have the 1-2 life oh boy. the 1-2s, like, we have the... I, I was so excited about the Healer's Hawk when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, well, what a great sideboard card this is going to be against Red. Turns out that Red doesn't even have to respect it. It just kills all the Healer's Hawks in your deck for free. I sometimes wonder if Wizards trolls us. They print cards that are... But doesn't by... that look like a great card... It looks like a good card. It looks like an interesting card. Then we find that the decks in a deck format full of red decks are playing the 1-2 over the 1-1 one, one lifelinker because <laughs> life just sucks. And then you die. <laughs> As you're like, creatures. you got these aggro decks that have 0-3s. Like, you're like, oh, this is a mono-attack deck. Maybe when I have 10 permanents I can attack with this. 
Someday. All right, so <laughs> five cards left in white. Uh, Soul Mender, W for a 1-1. One, one. Tap, you gain one life. Remember me? That's going to be weird if that is ever good. Well, if it's a life gain deck, it gains you life. Yeah. What else is there to say, right? Like, it doesn't it's, even gain life at a great rate. It's a really bad way to gain a little life. But, like, if you just are like, I love my pride mates. I want this to happen. Well, I guess if you got a giant pride mate in play, like, he's just kind of tapped to give guys plus one, plus one. Um, still. You gotta be really serious about it. But, like, if you're really serious about it, eh, I don't know. You know, I, if Sam plays this on turn one, I'm like, okay. I guess that's what's happening, right? <laughs> so you think the cell grabs the next 59 cards? I mean, no, because if I, if it did, then I would know, then I would have an idea of why that was good. It telegraphs half of them. Fair enough. Uh, squad Captain, 4 and a W for a 2-2 Vigilance. Uh, and when Squad Captain enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each other creature you control. So this is like Kelvin Warlord's like big sister. It's a like human soldier. It's one more mana. Be much bigger. It's like Luxon and Hire. It's like um, Missing Convoke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a card that has a notoriously similar ability that is actually a 4-4. Four, four. For yeah. the same casting cost. And I'm saying, like, it's just a constructed card. It's just like, oop, I forgot to add All right. Oak. But it's common. They didn't forget. So, Starfield Mystic. This one has a promising name and rarity. Human Cleric for 2-2 two, two for 2. Enchantment spells you cast cost 1 less to cast. Whenever an enchantment you control is put in a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Starfield Mystic. Are there enough enchantments to get paid off on this? No! Hell no! There's not... Like, what do you... I don't know what this is trying to do. I mean... It's not like the red one. Like, the red one is an insane card, right? I mean, it's like I want to cast Experimental Frenzy on turn three, but it's just not going to... It's not going to cut it. Like, casting a Street Benalia for two is unimpressive. Like, casting, you know, Conclave Tribunal for three is unimpressive. Like, none of these things actually matter. I think you need to have some card draw to put it all together. Yeah, it's... There'll be some Commander players who are probably very happy about this card. All right. Right? Well, I've never played a game of Commander in my life, so... Well, neither... I mean, I... Not... I have... Well, hardly ever, but... Yeah. Sure. Uh, Steadfast Sentry, Tuna W for a 3-2 Human Soldier with Vigilance. When Steadfast Sentry dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Probably not going to make the cut in any deck I play. No. No, it's not. Finally, Yoke Docks. O4 for W. Uh, it's seen play before. It's a... Desperate times do call a for... A real specific person might want to play this Desperate card. times occasionally call for desperate measures. Yeah, I just say, like, look, this thing has enough toughness to live through a, uh, like a Deafening Clarion, so you play it, you get force people to play multiple creatures to attack the Planeswalkers, and you get their stuff, and you keep your Yoke Docks been disappointed by your arboreal grazers maybe we can help first of all i am not ever disappointed by arboreal grazer one of those guys <laughs> he holds the hell off of allegedly elite guard mage that guy is the most misnamed creature i've ever played against right you say he may not be elite or guarding much he's guards or, nothing he's definitely not a mage he cannot get past, <laughs> he cannot get past arboreal grazer and he holds he wasn't supposed to get past anything he's guarding yeah, he guarded, say, that guy's also not good at guarding, because Arboreal Grazer is just like, he plays, and then one of his buddies plays on turn two. You're getting attacked by things that are too big for Elite Guard Mage to guard against already. Um, and then, uh, he also holds off uh, Thief of Sanity, though. He's awesome at holding off But no one plays Sanity. Thief of Sanity. Didn't they you? should. They should. You know, you know as well as I do. I talked should. about this. I think that it is time for Thief of Sanity to come back in a big way. I think I think if I were an Esper, some kind of Demir-adjacent mage, I would be playing four copies in my 75. It's too good against blue-green. They can't deal with it really in a, in a very, uh, you know, cost-effective way, and it, it tears their strategy up. It's just a great magic card. And I love playing great magic cards, and I am curious why people decided to stop. The... The Esper decks playing so many uh, Oath of Kaya's made it way worse. Not than that I don't one. get it, but I, I get that there's a bunch of incidental reasons 
why it doesn't do as much, but what can I say? I'd still give it the old college try. <laughs> well, I'd be back on it. All right, so that was White from Corset 2020. Thank you for your appearance here on the Top 8 Measure podcast. It's me, Moshowitz. Anything exciting you want to you wanna share with our Canadian listeners? I don't want Canadian listeners too excited. I feel like it's against their nature. Yeah? <laughs> I think that they're about as excited as they can be. I mean, they... That's what I'm saying. If they're already okay. as excited as they can be, I don't want to push it. Right? Like, the like, Raptors won the NBA title. That was pretty awesome for them. I, I, sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they can cheer for something. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>